For all my children of the light, born in the sinning, but steady striving to do right. My people are warriors, all we know is to fight. Pray, they see God in everything I write. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Onward with Angela Rye. Today I have a very, very, very special guest. His name is Kirk Franklin. To some of you, he needs no introduction. He certainly needs no introduction to me. You have no idea how excited I am about this podcast, Kirk. Wow. Well, I'm honored. Um, I salute all that you continue to do for us and for uh, the country. And thank you for considering me to even be a part of uh, what you're doing, because I know it's great and it's great things. And I'm very disappointed that I ain't got my three-piece Easter suit on because, you know, you come in looking kind of fresh and fly. I just came from the gym. Because I'm trying, you know, because I'm older. Oh, oh, you were like, oh, I'm I'm a show off some kind of way. I just came from the gym. You could be over there, but just know that I just came from the gym. I see what we're doing. Well, you know, I'm an old man. You know, I'm I'm 76. 76. So I've got, so I've got to, <laughs> I got to keep something popping. But thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It is. It is truly my pleasure. So I don't know if you are familiar with the show, but we normally start with a rapid round unless it's a real serious um, podcast. So I want to do a rapid round. But, you know, Kirk, we're church people. So this is going to be more like call and response. Hey, <laughs> oh, that's the church face. I love the church lady face. And she went there. So it's so funny how you can dial it up real quick. You could, <laughs> you don't have to even process it. It's like, no, it's like, I love, I love yeah, <laughs> lady, dial it up. Okay. All right. Give it to me. Here we go. You ready? So we go like fill in the blanks. It's going to be quick. Give it to me. Okay. So the church, church folks response to brother Kirk, how you doing, man? Oh, blessed and highly favored. That's it. Daryl. What's the last name? Daryl? Oh, Daryl. Uh, Daryl Coley? Yes. Okay, okay. And Daryl Coley sang a song, When Sunday Comes. Hey, and then what is the church nickname for men? Doc. Yes! (laughs) Kirk, you're killing it. Okay. Um, You need to collaborate with, this is yours, collaborate with uh, Daddy Peoples. I don't know. Shirley Caesar. Okay. I'm trying to think of somebody real gospel. I hear that. Um, this is the day that the Lord has made. Juanita Bynum. I'd rather have Jesus. Oh, come on. You got a whole song about this. Then. Frosted Flakes? Come on, Kurt. <laughs> <That's different. laughs> okay, woman now. Art Loose. Giving honor to God. Pastor Saints and Friends. <laughs> I'm going to let you have that, but we used to say, giving honor to God, who's the head of my life, my past and first lady in the app. Got you, got, got, got you, got you, but you, oh, that's... <laughs> But it's funny you know this. Yes. It's this subculture. I love it. I love it. Come on, give it to me. Okay, Jesus. Jesus. Shortest scripture in the Bible. Jesus wept. Hey, 
Lately, I've been going through something. I I'm sorry, you're going through something? <laughs> you want me to say it like, you want me to say it like GP? Yeah. Lately, I've been going through something that... Well, you know, that was the devil's song. I didn't like that song. That They was playing that song in the clubs and stuff. I don't think that's really gospel music. I'm sorry. It was over a worldly beat. It was a worldly beat. I don't support that. Next question, please. Okay, all right. <laughs> we are... Conquerors. Yes. God loves a cheerful... Giver. And this is my final... This is my final... Hold on, Kirk. This, this is my final testimony. This is my my final. What does a preacher say? And we know he'd be lying. Oh, this is my final. This is my final. Ah, you got to help me. Closing. For closing, 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 close. I'm sorry, T. You know what? I ain't been to one of them churches in so long. It's, that's. <laughs> You said my pastor tells the truth now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but I missed one. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you did. You killed it. You killed it. And it's so funny because people, oh, Lord, this light looked like it was about to fall. Now, we had to do this little bootleg con like contraption. Like, literally, let me just show you this. This is the light right now. That's it hanging over. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Nobody was about to take me out. So I was like, I might need some help. I don't know what just happened, but let me bring it back. Okay. So. Um, what I think is so important is there is a whole subculture in church. Can we, is there a way to back this? Um, there's a whole subculture in church. And because of that, there's like a whole lingo. There's a whole way that you move and do things. Yes. And for me, you know, when we'll get to this later, for me, it was both a source of freedom and bondage, but there is a whole way of doing things, um, in the church tradition, in the black church tradition. So I thought we have a little fun. Now, 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 I'm I'm very impressed with with that um, history about you. Where are you from? What what part of the country are you from? Born and raised in Seattle, Washington. Um, and when I was 16, I started going to a Church of God in Christ church in Seattle. Yep, called Mount Calvary Christian Center. Really, Church of God in Christ. It was the Church of Love. The Church of Love. Yeah. Wow. As your church at my church, your music was acceptable in every other Kojic church and some apostolic churches in Seattle. It was like, that's a worldly be. How you going to tell Jesus to go? What, what are y'all talking about? And then he got and then he got this rapper. He got uh, salt and pepper, uh, hot and spicy. He got whoever she is rapping in the. Like they were real. And I was like, I like I, I know all the songs to. Right. Like for me, it reached me. So, I mean, that was I was one of the places where I wanted to go with you today, like to tell you truly, this is a podcast that I was so excited about because I wanted to tell you. I know I told you at Tyler Perry studio opening, but just how much you meant to my growth as a Christian, um, to my spiritual upbringing, like your music at times could reach me when a preacher felt irrelevant to me, um, before I was even saved, right? Like your music is what got me first. So, well, you and the family, you and the family. 
But that is so powerful and it's very humbling and very inspiring with you having uh, such a deep reach within popular culture and and its and its systems and 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 um and just the application of your uh, history as a woman of color for you to still have a connection with your compass of faith you know this that's very rare is because along that journey of 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 being intellectually influenced or 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 just politically engaged a lot of times you lose some of the fragments along the way yeah. but to meet someone um whether it's academia or 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 issues of injustice still has a a a compass for their faith that's encouraging to me so well kirk you know the the thing that's so um fascinating to me about i think many of our spiritual journeys is there was a time where issues of social injustice weren't acceptable to really talk about in some black churches. Of course, there's, you know, the AME tradition, the Baptist tradition and others where it was just a part of what they did. But in the Kojic church, my dad is an activist at home and I felt really disconnected and confused because I'm like, isn't God, God supposed to just handle this, right? But you have a song, Strong God, that you released where you yeah. talk about some of this. Can you talk about your evolution as it relates to your faith walk and still fighting issues of racial injustice and racism in this country? Yes, I believe that uh, um, that when we know better, we do better, correct? When, when, when we are when we are informed, when we get the information, when we have these tangible uh, pieces that we are confronted with, we have no other option but to but to address them as they come because to not address them is really an attack on the validity of your faith. And I remember about 15 years ago uh, when I started getting kind of cornered by whether it was the black Hebrew Israelites or or, you know, other agnostic type of thinking and ideals from from the brothers at the barbershop to to some of the brothers that were coming home from more liberal universities. And so I that forced me to have to bring a level of 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 academia to my faith that I was not raised in those communities. Like, like you said so well, I wasn't raised AME, I wasn't raised CME. And those were the communities where there was this duality of, of, a, of a faith and this, um, this horizontal approach to their, their Christian approach. And so when I got the information and I saw how ill-equipped I was and the community of faith that I represented when it come to be able to intelligently argue for the legitimacy of my faith, it made me have to surround myself with more uh, different scholarly approaches to be able to develop new friendships, relationships that I can live vicariously through um, that, that were able to teach me and give me a deeper dive in my role as a man of color through the lens of my Christian faith. And, and what it did though for me is that it began to legitimize my belief system even stronger because like you know, a lot of times the contact point or the connect point for most people of color and their faith is the emotion. It is the emotional experience. And, and I'm not saying that we should be void of that, is that when our feet land on the ground, a lot of times there's no, there's no scholarship 
to be able to undergird when the emotion, because a lot of times emotions can come and go. But when you have more of a, of, of a substantive approach to your belief system, you're able to fight the fight. You're able to march. You're able to protest. And you're able to do it still with a compass of doing it with compassion, understanding, and love for the end result to point people back vertically. That's so beautifully said. I wonder um, what your thoughts have been around some others in the evangelical community um, many of whom I really respected again when I was coming up in, and I won't name names today, but I want to. Is I will, is I will, is I'll name the names for you. Okay. Well, I want to hear this, but, and it's not to be messy. It's just to call out what I think is false prophets, right? Like you, you have this situation now where, um, people would say, you know, we really should stay out of it, you know, whatever, separation of church and state. Church folks sometimes would say, no, there's no separation, we're one body, whatever. We need um, people who are of the same faith, of the same mind, in um, high positions. And then they got behind, white evangelicals got behind Donald Trump in ways that were super hurtful to me. My dad would be like, I told you, right? But I, I was surprised by that. Talk about how that impacted some of your relationships or at least your perspective on some folks who are really well respected on, you know, networks like TBN and Family Focus and, you know, all of these other entities that have been faith-led, but they would support someone who would be willing to oppress us and others. Yes, I, I it's... Is I have very deep relationships with with many men and women that have aligned themselves with the same frustration and pain that I have that are my white brothers and sisters. They're they're like you know there's some beautiful men and women on the other side of the cultural line and racial line that 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 align themselves with the heart of God and would and would stand with their black and brown brothers and sisters through pain and tragedy, even though they uh, may not always understand the nuances of our experience and our journey because they can only empathize because they don't share the same skin tone. And so the melanin brings about another level of heat that they can only want to inquire. And, and so I've had incredible conversations. I've had uh, beautiful men and women that want to know how can they help? How can they learn? So I've seen some very beautiful things as well as the level of silence and the amount of 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 emotional and productive absence from my evangelical for some of my evangelical brothers and sisters especially out of the leaders that have been heroes to me uh the john MacArthur's, the john pipers the james dobson's um the 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 uh, um 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 the um David Jeremiah is one of the few that has tried to be very adamant. Um, there are so many that have been silent that are that are titans in the space of 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 evangelism and evangelical outreach in in North America. But when it came to the suffering of black and brown people, they were absent. They were silent. And it caused me to question their their totality in their approach of biblical truth, that their bibliocentric absence from the hurts and needs of black and brown people uh, made, made the Christian faith in America almost exactly what a lot of individuals that have stood on the outside over the last 50 and 60 years. It legitimized their argument of, 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 of revisionist history, of, of, 
of what colonialization and 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 the uh, uh, um, of of what Reconstruction began to birth in America with weaponized Christianity and Western culture. And it's very important for us to be able to continue to educate people that the teachings of Jesus and the weaponization of evangelical Christianity are not synonymous. And it has been unfortunate that the true teachings of Jesus Christ have not always been executed by those that have held the microphone and the mantle that are to be representing the total body of Jesus Christ. And so I'm very adamant about that conversation. I'm very vocal about that conversation. I've been on TBN having the discussion and I will continue to have these discussions because the the validity of Christianity is on trial right now. And it has been on trial more than ever over the last four years and the acts of, of so-called Christians in America and their silence when it comes to social injustice because Jesus would have cared about all people. I love that you're saying that. I had, um, and maybe it has been kind of this uh, metamorphosis over the last four years. My um, best friend, put me onto this devotional that comes out every day from Richard Rohr, um, R-O-H-R. And Richard Rohr calls himself a Christian mystic, but he like regularly is talking about a social justice gospel, you know, from Jesus. He's regularly talking about, um, you know, making sure he's uplifting black lives and black voices who matter. And it has been this profound, like, oh, these things can peacefully coexist in one body experience for me. You've also um, talked a lot about the difference between religion um, versus relationship. And I think you also had kind of this evolution, even in your music. Um, I think you've been going through it, but where you finally just kind of named an album after this. Like, all right, let me tell y'all, I'm really delivered with a few three, three T's at the end um, from this. What, what, what spurred that for you? Was there a kind of a tipping point or had you, did you feel like you'd been getting there from things you'd seen in the church or from your own, you know, experience in devotional time with God? What kind of set you on that path? Great question is, I think that I, from the very beginning of my faith, I have always seen some of the optics of what Christianity from as, especially from the African-American experience, I've seen some of the optics and the execution of what we were considering Bible to sometimes be problematic. And, and, and when we begin to unpack what is tradition and what is opinion versus what is what is inerrancy and what is biblical truth from from the context of of uh, of of historic accuracy? A lot of stuff what we do is based on our own biases. It's based on it is based on because basically religion is that religion has always been since the advent of us being 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 monotheistic uh, 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 in our species. It's always been about us wanting to define who God is. The problem is, is that those that have always been making the definition, it was always beneficial for them. It, it only benefited those that were making the definition. For example, um, you look at the church of England, the church of England was founded because the King wanted to have a divorce from his wife and the Catholic church wouldn't let him because he wanted to marry his mistress. 
So because the Catholic Church would not allow him to divorce his wife, he started an entirely new denomination called the Church of England. And so when you see the history of 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 religion in the hands of those that were authoritarian and continue to see how it only benefited those that were in in the certain classism of 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 society, then you begin to realize that a lot of this ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. You know, it ain't got nothing to do with the least of these. It ain't got nothing to do with the compassionate Christ that 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 loves us and has created a way for us and does not want us to walk through certain doors because he knows what's at the end of that 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 road. And so when we begin to pull back the layers, we realize this ain't got nothing to do with relationship because rules without relationship leads to rebellion. And then so you see this exodus of young people that don't want to have nothing to do with church, don't want to have nothing to do with God because we have not taught them the, uh, the real history of who they are as black and brown people in the context of Christianity. We have not addressed the sins of American Christianity and chattel slavery. And so because we have not done this well, this is great exodus now where secularism is now leading the call and leading the charge in in our young millennials that that we need to remind them that man God loves you and God cares about you and don't confuse what them fools are doing to what God wants to do in you. So what is what does that look like now for you? Um, I know you when we were talking about or going through the call and response portion of of today's service, uh, <laughs> you said I ain't been to a church like that in a long time. <laughs> Yeah. You said you haven't been to a church like that in a long time. And so I wonder, you know, in this new era where we have been forced to do church, to do relationship so differently because of COVID restrictions. Right. Um, having to really be at home, not really gathering together. Um, what does it look like to to reach people now from your vantage point? We know you do it in song and on tracks. Um, we know that we come from a church tradition that's full of do's and don'ts because the elders didn't want us to make the same mistakes they did. I believe it was done in love. But to your point, it was legalistic and ran folks away. Um, given that you've always been kind of a gospel rebel. <laughs> um, and I, th I say that with the utmost respect, right? Oh, no, that's beautiful. I, I just think it's so funny because I wasn't trying to do nothing. I'm I know. I, but but because you just stretched to reach us who hadn't really been raised in the church tradition, it made those who were already reached and safely in their legalism a little uncomfortable. And so it sounds to me, based on what you just said, like you're really ready to reach a little further. So as you reach out a little further to, you know, talk to the millennials who feel like they've been abandoned or feel like this doesn't this 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 culture, this subculture doesn't reach them. How do we reach them? Is I believe that the first thing that we need to do is that I believe that new evangelism for the 21st century is going to be the inclusion of not only the not only the emotion of our faith but the legitimacy of our faith meaning that when young black americans are told that christianity existed in north africa two centuries before constantine or that there were africans practicing christianity 
centuries before the transatlantic slave trade. That is not a white man's religion and that it was our religion and that we didn't get this from Europe, but Europe took what was happening for us is that the, the founders of Christianity were men of color, black men, Augustine, Tertullian, Clement of Alexander, that the disciple Moses, I, I, I mean, not Moses, the disciple Mark started his first church in Alexandria, you know, the ancient city in North Africa. That makes young black people go, really? Really? Because everybody wants to find their identity. They, 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 they want to be able to know that they matter. And when you, and when you come from a race of people that, Biblically, there were preachers preaching behind pulpits that black people were cursed because of ham, because of their skin color. We already starting our relationship with Jesus on the wrong foot. You telling me, bro, um, that that this melanin is a curse? So, so, so all of this revisionist history has to be uh, has to be addressed not only from black pulpits but also from white ones. This is a collective effort. And the reason why it breaks my heart, and I have to tell you, the reason why it breaks my heart that I've not seen a, a more concentrated attempt in this is because there is no other belief system that was weaponized against a group of people like Christianity was. And educated white men and women of high scholarship know that to be the truth. So because that is the truth, why can I, why can we have a collective engagement the same way you see in, in, in the public square, right after George Floyd, you saw all of these initiatives from major corporations to have these, 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 these equity forms and these equality foundations and to be able to engage because they realize that the problem is not only the color of people's skin, but it's the socioeconomic disparities that these marginalized groups of communities are having. We should we should take the same approach in faith and to let people know we're sorry that we told you that your skin was cursed. That's a lie. We 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 are sorry that we pulled out parts of the Bible to make you think that 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 indentured slavery in the Bible was equal to chattel slavery in the 15th, 14th, 16th century. And, 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 and until we do that, we're going to keep missing the opportunity to reach people. There's the love of Jesus. There's the gospel of Jesus. Jesus saved my soul. But I need to know that I'm not a mistake as a black and brown kid and that I matter as a black and brown kid and that, and that we heal as we reveal. Heal as we reveal. And, um, you know, one of the things, too, that I think about often is uh, in some of the legalism, in some of the failures to teach, in some of the failures to um, apologize, there are a lot of things that the church does um, to hurt people or to um, where, where people end up in more bondage sometimes than they than they started with. Is there. Um, a particular moment um, as you were, you know, growing in your faith and uh, really walking out your walk where you felt like, man, I feel more harm in the church than I did, than I was harmed on the outside. Or did you have one of those moments where you like, you know, this actually feels like less freedom? Mm, mm, great question. 
if you don't mind, I also want to be able to to uh, make this very clear also to to your broad audience, because I know that, you, you know, that your impact is so huge because I was telling my daughter even last night that I was about to uh, do this with you last night and her eyes, she's 31. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, about 32. And she almost would have been, she's like, Oh man, you like, you like, like so many people love it. Like in my house, they were just going, they was going bananas. I was getting ready to talk to you. I'm like, no, she's super dope. And they was like going, going ham about it. Is that I do want to address. Thank you, though. Franklin. <laughs> she's married now. She's a Nakwasa. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not even about to butcher that last name. Thank you, sis. She married. <laughs> she married a Nigerian. She married a Nigerian. Well, we we Black Lives Matter across the diaspora. More power to, to the brother amen. and the sister. Amen, amen. Is that I do want people to know though, is that the story of the Black Church, or the Church in America, it is the story of, of of beauty and barbed wire. Is that is that is that is that is that it was the microphone for the hopeless. It was the rallying cry for social injustice d during the civil rights movement. Um, uh, 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 it was the it was the birthplace of HBCUs in America. Uh, uh, um, um, when, when you look at institutions of higher learning, they they originally were Bible schools, Princeton, Harvard, Yale. Um, um, you look at the hospitals in America. They were started by Christian organizations. That's why most of them have a Saint, you know, Saint Thomas or Saint Peter's or something Methodist. So so there's a lot of beautiful things that the church should give credit to that it has been a beautiful place that has been the song of hope for our people. And it has given our, our people a place to march and cry and come together and strategize. So it's been a beautiful place, but it's not just the end. It's not just the NAACP. It is also the bride of Christ, you know? And so, um, so it is beauty, but yes, it has also been a history of barbed wire. We're going to get to the good stuff too. I know it sounds like, but I just, I think that it's important for people um, especially with you, because you've been so honest about your walk, um, your personal shortcomings, your personal setbacks, and even some of the challenges with the church. If I have, you know, some other church folk on, they're not going to be willing to be this real. So I was like, we're going to have, right, right, gonna have right, the, right. both sides. So I do want to be clear. It's not a church bashing pot. No, 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 no. And I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Um, is that the reason why I even wanted to address that is because some some of my mentors have lovingly said to me that I need to try to be more inclusive of 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 the totality of the picture because often they say that in my you know irritations and in my frustrations that sometimes the colors that I paint lean more to the barbed wire than they do the beauty so I just wanted to be able to do that and. And because I'm the type of black man that always wants to be accountable to my elders and to the people that lead me, I always wanted to submit to authority and to be able to look at myself and be able to, you know what? Okay, that's something that I can improve in. So that that is why I want to make that statement. And the barbed wire that we're about to talk about is that hurt people hurt people. And remember the black church or the church in America, let's just say the church in America. If you went to a doctor, uh, sis, and you went to a doctor and you're sitting in his office and his diploma is written in crayon and some of the words are spelled wrong 
and and his uh, four or five little kids is running through the uh, 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 office with needles. And, you know, he told me, y'all sit down in there, you know, and, and and you coming in there because you got some heart, you know, some 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 situation. You got some 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 migraines that won't go away. It's like you would not let him touch your body. You would not let him touch your body with 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 this degree spell backwards in crayon. But every Sunday, every Sunday for centuries in America, we would go to churches where the pastor may not have a formal education. And I'm not saying every pastor has to, but I am saying that when you're dealing with the book of antiquity, a book that is over 2000 years old, that is a book of history, literature, poetry, apocryphy, and you have all of these nuances to be able to understand what is metaphor, what is literal, uh, 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 what should be eisegeted, what is exegeted, and then you stand in front of people and do surgery on their hearts every Sunday, and you are not well equipped with the utensils, somebody going to get hurt. Somebody going to get hurt. Question, and it wasn't even intentional. And it wasn't even intentional. And a lot of times the person hurting was hurt himself because think about it, sis. In America, during Jim Crow, Bible schools were not even letting black preachers go to seminary. Yeah. What kind of Bible were they reading? Were you not gonna let a black man go to Bible school? So, so, so this biblical illiteracy has always plagued a lot of our pulpits, not because we didn't have men and women that wanted to learn, they were not allowed to learn. And so, and so the damage, and then also, again, when you talk about these hurt, marginalized communities that gather on Sunday, somebody going to get hurt. And so this trauma continues to exacerbate itself, and then the, and then the band-aid put on it is religion. You're going to pray your way through. We're going to rebuke that. No, 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 no. We don't need to rebuke that one. That one needs some medicine. That 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 one that would need some counseling. That that one right there needs some therapy. You, you know what I'm saying? You know, but 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 again, we were giving the medicine that we were given ourselves. That's right. And so again, we've got to be able to acknowledge these things if we want to be able to create a place of trust. I say all the time, I say all the time to brothers that if you are dating a woman that comes from an abusive past. Let's say she, she comes from a physically abusive past, right, sis? And, and y'all go on a date. And let's say she gets in the car and she forgets to put a seatbelt on and you're trying to be a gentleman and you reach over her to put a seatbelt on and she jumps. You are a fool if you get mad at her for jumping. Mm. You know what you're dating. You know what you're dating. And because you know what you're dating, there's a level of humility and sensitivity to the reactions of the person you're dating because you know who got in your car. She was honest about where she came from. So if she jumps, if you're trying to put it, then there's a level of patience and compassion. When we see a, a whole generation of millennials and Gen Zers that don't trust church, they don't trust organized religion, then we can't jump on them. We got to understand that there's been a history of damage. And because of the history of damage, we've got to be compassionate and patient as we put the seatbelt on. So we talked about the bondage side. What about the freedom side? What's the greatest freedom? I told you all it wasn't just going to be bad about church. 
But what's the greatest freedom you got from the your church or from maybe it's a specific church. Maybe it's just your church experience. One of my fathers in the faith name is Tony Evans. Yeah. 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 Another name is um 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 uh Kenneth Omer, Bishop Kenneth Omer out out in L.A. Yeah. 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 And so I've had a chance to be around some very strong academic guys that are humble dudes that are you know that they bought that life. You know what I mean? You know it. It ain't about okay. That ain't your wife. Who is that? You know what I'm saying? It ain't about none of that. Um. Um, one thing that, that I learned early on that changed my life is that I do not have to perform for God to love me. That my imperfections and my lack of performance does not channel God's love. God loves me because he chooses to love me. But when you bring a performance-based mentality into your faith, you think the more I do, the more God will love me. The more I perform, the more. And, and, and see, this is one of the most beautiful things about the reason why I humbly, I personally subscribe to Christianity, even with all of the ugly history that it brings to the table uh, versus any other religion. And I say this with meekness and I say this with without without trying to proselytize. The reason why I subscribe to Christianity is because most religions depend on what the individual has to do to meet certain requirements of that religion. True Christianity, you ain't got to do nothing but say yes, because all the work is already done for you. And so when you learn that truth that I ain't got to be good before I come. That I can come with my life stinking, with my breath stinking, and there's already a seat for me. That takes the weight off of the performance that I can just be. And as I chill with him, I'm changed as I chill. That's a good word. That's a good word. And there are folks that would say, well, faith without works is dead, but that's still not a performance. That's just doing what, using your talents, that's using your gifts, that's... Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word, Kirk Franklin. And the works are the works are birthed out of the love, meaning because I love my wife. As I want to go get her some cute shoes every night and get her cute little purse, take out, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's love. It's not because, oh, well, well I better get on down to this store. <laughs> she ain't going to love me no more. Yeah. Did you like my 12 years of slave voice? Did you? Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> But I knew exactly what you were doing. You're saying like, I, like it's almost like a, um, it's an abusive relationship. It is. I am not a. It, you're talking about the type of performance that comes from you alone aren't worthy and enough for this. But instead, you're saying I am sufficient. I am enough. He he saw the imperfections and it was still good. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's a really good word. That changes the atmosphere of how we now date each other. That that changes the closeness between he and I. Because if if I'm introduced to a guy that don't like me and want to kill me and is picking at everything wrong about me, it's going to be hard to develop an intimate relationship with you. It's that, think about, you know, sis, think about our generation. Most people came to God because they were scared of going to hell. That's right. That's a, that's a bad way to start a relationship. Well, think about the ones that got married because they was told it was better to marry than to burn. They were still scared to go to hell, and then they ended up in hell in the relationship. Exactly. So everything's absent of love. 
There's no, yeah, where the leading narrative, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. And so if we can't begin and end with that conversation, then we can't begin and end with the conversation of God or his son, Jesus Christ. And so I, I am an advocate for being able to reintroduce people to the loving Savior of the world. Because this, for me, says it is the greatest love story ever told. Yeah. Well, speaking of good words, you just started a podcast called Good Words. Um, I feel like we just launched a new one today trying to save Christianity. But um, <laughs> but I think, um, you know, that this is so incredible. Um, somehow you ended up on my podcast instead of me ending up on yours. I forgive you because this is... I'd have flipped that. This is my dream. I'm so excited about this podcast today. But talk a little bit about why the podcast, why now? Um, are you enjoying it? I want to hear about. I want to hear about this. You've had some good guests: Chance the Rapper, Glennon Doyle, her. Like you're out here killing it. So talk about the podcast. Well, you know, well, well, well. What was interesting is that it, it probably would have never been a platform that I would have thought about on my own. Um, but, but uh, over a year ago, it was introduced to me about an idea, and as we begin to talk about the architecture of what it could be, and 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 what the language of the conversation on the platform could be about how faith and culture have this intersection. And 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 I think that that's a very engaging conversation because most people that want to have a sense of faith don't want to be stuck in a subculture. They want to be able to live out their faith and to be pure and to not compromise, but they don't always have the tools to do it. Because when you engage with with people of other religions, of other people, people of different sexual preferences, uh, to be able to in, in engage with agnostics, atheists, you want to be able to be all things to all men so that you may win some, the scripture says. And you can do that and still be completely true to your inerrant view of scripture and still to be able to walk a life of humility and gratitude. And so I'm having conversations with people about how do they do it or if they don't do it or their thoughts about doing it. Um, how do they pull for faith from faith to be able to succeed or to fail? Uh, what is their idea of God? Uh, do they subscribe to my idea of God? Um, where are they on their journey? And we still, you know, keep it swaggy, still keep it with some drip, laugh, have fun. You know what I'm saying? You know, we, you know, we, 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 Still keep it real vibey so that it's a, a conversation that everybody can tap into. You don't have to be part of the subculture to be able to understand the verbiage or any colloquialisms because it 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 still meets the framework or the fabric of culture. We're just talking about conversations that they would probably never do on Ellen or they would never do on a Tonight Show because they're not being asked about what they believe and why they believe it and how has faith kept them strong through some of the most difficult times in their life. And we, we know that right now folks are going through some real difficult times, including in your home state um, with what just happened with, you know, the ice and the snow and the frozen pipes and um, all of that. Just talk about, you know, what you're doing to lean in to help families and what folks, you know, not in Texas can do to support families who may still be struggling. Yes. Well, we were able to kind of bring some people into the crib. We've got some people staying with us. We we um, um, there's a family where the husband and wife both have covid. And 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 so every day this week, I'm I'm taking them dinner every day. I'm just grabbing dinner, you know, to try to put something in their bank account. to give. So, you know, it's really hard to hard, you know, heart to heart, breast to breast. But it's also the bigger 
picture of once again, politics has reared its ugly head and these realities of deregulation and capitalism and how that has trickled down to once again, marginalized communities continue to get hurt. And so that's the bigger conversation that I hope that I can have in my community. So when it's time to vote, we won't forget. Yeah. When we were forgotten. Ooh, that's a bar. When you consider everything that's going on right now, sometimes folks are like, it's, a, it's really hard to be hopeful. Um, but we know that our hope is what sustains us. It wouldn't, it's what ensures, you know, that we can continue to have joy. What are you most hopeful about right now? Is I believe that Jesus is the light of the world. Is I believe that he is the light of the world, even though he's not always represented well, even though it's been abused, it's been pimped, it's been played, it's been, it, it, it's been a part of revisionist history. It has not always given the total truth. I believe that when we see ourselves the way that he sees us, our, our external environments do not have the last word about the destiny that God has for us. That where I am, does not define where I'll be, but I can't depend on the political system to remind me of doing that. Is I cannot depend on a a STEMI to be able to make me remember that 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 truth. I need to be able to have someone bigger than me that exists without time that can be able to step in my situation to remind me I got you, I got you. And if, if you know if, if it was <laughs> since we're homeless, sometimes you said to me like I got you, little. You know what I'm saying? You know, just keep it a buck, you know, just to remind me that I'm not in control. But if you give me the steering wheel, I know where I'm going. Kirk Franklin, the legend, host, musician extraordinaire, singer, rapper, hype man. You're even a hype man. Hype man. Uh, I'm the hype man. Pianist. What else? Uh, uh, Jesus' little n*** just said. Husband, father, godfather, community food bringer, executive producer, what else? Podcast host, did I say that yet? Bringer of good words. You want me to keep going? Is that why you said that? Well, you know what, Kirk Franklin, you said that you haven't been to a church like that in a long time. So that was my final close and I'm going to honor my word. Thank you for doing this. It has been an honor to talk to you. It is so dope to know that we share so much history about where we come from. That is so ill. I'm, I'm so impressed with you because the accomplishments that you are making and, and, and have made that have been so globally impactful and to know that at the end of the day, you still believe, man, that gives me hope because you and I both know that the more it's, it's almost like a, it's almost like a refrigerator in order to keep the food fresh in it. It's got to stay plugged in. And as soon as the fridge stays unplugged and everything inside of it can stay fresh. Well, I mean, you both know the more you get into culture, the, the harder it is to stay plugged in. And so, and, 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 and so it's, it's, it's easy for the heart and the mind to not stay as fresh, but to see you, to hear you, to see how bright and how in tune you still are with what you believe, where you come from, that is very hopeful, very encouraging. So thank you. You've encouraged me. 
It's my pleasure. I'm going to text you because I have an idea, but we're not going to talk about that on the podcast. I have an idea, though. Text me. I will. Thank you, Kurt. This and that's my work. number. That's my number. That ain't my people. That's that's my number. <laughs> I know I heard you when you were on the treadmill yesterday. That was your real voice. <laughs> he really be working out, y'all. He really be working out. <laughs> Bye, friend. Take care. See you later. I'm children of the light. Striving to do right. My people are warriors. All we know is the fight. Praying to seek God and everything I like. Yeah. Who are my children of the light?